Thank you for taking the time to download this podcast from Rosendale Research School. If you've enjoyed it, why don't you sign up for our monthly newsletter? You can do this via our website at rosendale.researchschool.org.uk. Welcome to the Rosendale Research School podcast this Friday, or the Grey Friday in November. Um, we're going to talk about all things to do with curriculum this afternoon with uh, our head of school and indeed the head of the Great Northwood Education Trust, Kate Atkins. Good afternoon, Kate. Good afternoon, Doug. A um, lot of talk about this, isn't there, from the education inspection framework that Ofsted released earlier this year. Um, and the curriculum aspect of that looked at things like curriculum intent, which mm. is basically what you're going to teach, what knowledge and skills you want the children to have, the implementation of the curriculum, which is effectively teaching and pedagogy, and then the impact of a curriculum, which is how you do in external tests, whether mm-hmm. Key Stage 1, Key Stage 2, GCSE. And I think from the point of view of our involvement here, we'll look at the curriculum intent stage of that, which is, I think, a bit more interesting, which is effectively what we teach and how we fit it in to do that. Um and there's all talk about the narrowing of the curriculum and yep. things like this. It's a bit disingenuous because they mention the narrowing of the curriculum and not uh, teaching to the test. But then, of course, your impact is impacted against the test. Yes. So it's <laughs> both ways, isn't yeah. it? But, um, and, and I'm just wondering as a head, uh, well, your thoughts on, on the whole area? The I moment. mean, I think that I think there's been quite a lot of panic or there has been some panic around it. And I think what, what, what Ofsted are trying to do, and, and, and actually I, I support them in this, is to say to schools, you've got to be, you know, this great phrase, broad and balanced. Yes. And that the accountability agenda shouldn't be at the expense of the rest of the curriculum. Now, lots, for lots of schools, they, they won't have narrowed their curriculum. But there are schools out there who, within the for the chasing of success, if you like, have done, in order to improve their results in maths and English, have just done more maths and English. And actually, I remember several years ago, under one of my predecessors at Rosendale, we were guilty of that, I think, at Rosendale. Do you remember we did did five lessons of maths, five lessons of English, plus guided maths, plus guided reading. And so there was very little room left in the rest of the curriculum for everything else. Yes, yes. and so I think this comes as a response from schools that, that were doing that. And that what they're trying, the message that they're trying to get across is children deserve to be taught a whole range of subjects. Um, and that, and, and, and saying to schools, it's not acceptable to not be teaching children that, those range of subjects, um, at the, just because you want them to do well in, in maths and English. Now, there's a great deal of logic, I think, in that. And I think that, one of the other interesting aspects of it is this whole idea about applying skills and knowledge in context. So, for example, one of the great things that's happened as, I, as I've worked more and more closely with the Elm Green School, the, the, the secondary school yes. that we're, that we're um, in the map with, is that you start to see this, how important this is as, as children develop. What do I mean? So, for example, you won't really be able to be successful in science at GCSE if you haven't got the maths skills. Uh, and the same is to do with geography. The amount of graphing that you do in geography, for example, it, you know, you're applying the skills that you've learned in maths in other areas of the curriculum. And, and as we know, and we've talked about a lot, um, you need to you you need to be able to read 
across the curriculum. So once you've learned to read, you then read to learn. Um, because you need to be able to read your geography textbooks and your history textbooks. So my argument is that those core skills that you learn in maths and English, whether at primary or at secondary, you can't, in order to cement them and get better at them, you need to be providing, using them in a context across the board. So if you think about as a primary school as we are here, are you therefore looking at where they need to get to at the age of 16? <laughs> or, or where you, what you think they need, and then because it seems to me that, uh, yeah, I, that's what it seems to me we're mm. doing all the time, and and which which blocks out other things that might be quite enriching on the curriculum. I think that, I think that yes, you obviously want to look at at the at your sort of success outcomes. And one of the reasons that GCSE season sixteen becomes so important is that if you haven't got your maths or your English GCSE. There are so many jobs that you can't do. Right, yeah. You can't be an Ocado delivery driver if you haven't got your maths and English GCSE. So we owe it to our kids in order to be able to do that. But I think the point I was trying to make is that you don't you don't need to narrow the curriculum in order to continue to be successful at maths and English or to teach maths and English. In fact, using those skills across the wider curriculum is is essential. So. The fact that um, in quite a lot of our classes, for example, we do uh, a lot of non-fiction writing based on a science topic. Yes. So we're going to look at science. We're going to delve deeply into um, the digestive system, say, uh, in year four. We're going to make sure that we understand how the digestive system works. And actually, we're going to use our, our literacy skills, our, our, our skills of reading and writing. So what we call cross-curricular from the exactly. past, you'd be doing things yeah. okay, yeah. That you're, yeah. that you're learning those skills in context. The other thing I believe passionately is that we need to be giving our children as broad an experience as possible so that they can find different things that they love, um, different talents that they yes. have, different skills. So I think we, we keep PE in the curriculum as an absolute essential. Our kids do art, our kids do music, um, I love the fact that, you know, one of my intents for the curriculum would be that every child who leaves Rosendale has learned to play a musical instrument and can begin to read music. Um, we do geography. I believe that, you know, every child by the time they leave Rosendale should be able to read a map, um, understand the significance of climate change, mm. look at, 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 you know, global, um, global weather, uh, look at how the geography of a place affects the development of a place Um, in history I believe that every child should should have that idea of knowledge of of historical events and the learning that you do from those historical events I mean just this morning I saw an amazing assembly in year four that told the story that used Paddington so they told a little bit of how they reenacted the story of how Paddington was found by Mr and Mrs Brown on Paddington station uh, on his way from Peru and the the children then made the point that actually Paddington was a refugee. Yes. And that the, what the Browns did was they welcomed that refugee so into the wider their community. Message of Absolutely. Yes. And, and, and how all those different bits of the curriculum come together to make us great people. You know, the power that a piece of music has to just make you cry or mm. make you laugh or make you dance. The same thing with a piece of art that you look at. You know... 
I remember one of the most powerful things that I ever did, and I can still remember it, is when I went to see the Guernica, the painting that, that, that Picasso yeah. did in, in response to the Spanish Civil War. Um, and, and that that painting still speaks to people today. It still illustrates and outlines the horrors of war to, to help us learn. Yes. So I, I don't... I would never narrow the curriculum, but I don't think that having a broad curriculum means that you can't learn, you're not learning those skills of maths and English and applying them in a context that's meaningful, because ultimately that's what you're going to do when you leave school. Yeah. So what what our listener won't be able to see is I gave you something this Mm. morning that was just, and I can't believe this is any different from any primary schools, but I just did a breakdown of our current curriculum as it is in year two and year six. Mm of English maths, uh, well, that's going to be PPA time PE, and then wider curriculum, we called it. And in both key stages, it's about 65% of the time is maths and English. Now, and then I did a scenario where, okay, what if you could take one maths and one medicine, that that would free up a bit more curriculum. Would that sort of thing help? Or do you think you're saying that we should include the wider curriculum within the... Yeah. English, sensibly if we can. And I know that in year two, for example, they've been doing this for a number of years. Um, They do um, a a, a science topic uh, about looking at um, animal classification. And all the writing while they're looking at that is, is based on those. So you're bringing your science into your literacy lessons, into your writing lessons, that you're when we're we're reading we're reading you know a text uh, about you know how mountains are formed right so, so that when you're teaching reading you're you're teaching it within a within a different subject area um, and i believe that you that's that's a way to ensure that your skills are being used in context um, but that you're also keeping that kind of broad and balanced and you're keeping kids interested and informed about the about the world around them. Um, I think it's a, you know, it's a tricky one because I feel that, I suppose it's one of those things where you, you think that as long as children are getting the curriculum, as long as we're making sure that we're giving them the access to, to the mass curriculum that they need in order to be able to learn, yeah. you know, it's not the end of the world if one week they miss out a maths lesson because they've started they doing an do. art project and, and actually they, they need yes. to continue that. And the extraordinary advantage that we have at primary school is that we have that flexibility. That's not as easy at secondary school. Um, but one of the, you know, one of the joys about the, the, Elm Green is that they've also got a commitment that they will not narrow their curriculum. They want to make sure that they offer music and dance and um art and design yes. and cooking and you know all the different the different areas of, yeah. of the curriculum you know, that, that we can because our children are going to be successful in different areas um, and you want to be able to you, you want to be able to, to, to sort of support and provide that for yeah kids. I think there's an element isn't there if I look back on my primary school but you know it's not about a mass I mean I, I'm, let, let me clarify I, I look a bit from the outside looking in because I was a class teacher till about 10 years ago mm. and since then I've been doing PE so mm. I've kind of looked from the outside in and I keep thinking gosh they do lots of maths and English aren't that sort of thing and I look at myself and think I don't remember maths and English lessons yet actually I'm quite numerate and I'm quite literate so in so you a must have, way yeah. so, so I must have done yes um, and, and it's always and I have this other thing that I also think that education just does things because it's done the same thing all along as well yeah. and I sometimes think wouldn't it be fun just to throw everything up into the air 
Um, obviously, well, you know, we're limited by where they're going to go on to, aren't they? Just to see with there'll be no yeah. way of doing things. Yeah, I think I think some of the things that we need to do. I think sometimes we need to be a bit more explicit to the kids about this. Is you're learning geography at the moment because I wonder sometimes that, that the children don't know that that's what they're that doing, yes. even though you know that is what they're doing. Um, and it's. I get. I understand what you're saying about sort of throwing, you know, throwing things up in the air and trying to do things differently. And I would you see my argument around asking, getting schools to review their curriculum is that I think schools should be doing that all the time, all the time anyway. Like it. Yeah, it's an ongoing. Um, and one of the interesting things is where they talk about the hidden curriculum. Well, that's what yes, yeah, so the way good. that you know the things that you teach that that aren't sort of explicitly in a curriculum. And I always think the fact that we use Kagan cooperative learning in our classrooms means that there is lots of hidden learning that goes on about how to listen to somebody else, how to uh, take on somebody else's point of view and try to understand what they're thinking, how to put together a, an organised and logical argument when you're trying to persuade somebody else, how to coach and support somebody to do something. And I think that there are lots of aspects, the way that we work at lunchtime, for example, the fact that we want to encourage our kids to to understand what it's like to lose, because that's that's something that, that's very hard for yes, children to no, do. Yeah. And so the way that we the way that we teach, I think that we're constantly looking at how can we do this better. Yes, yeah, so and I, I think you're right. And with this hidden or the serendipities, you think mm. things that happen when you're not really. Yeah, you know, it, it, it is is across the whole school day, isn't it? Because I absolutely agree with you. The interactions I have sometimes when I'm doing play duty with children, I just wouldn't have had that yeah. in the classroom with them. And I think they hopefully will. Yeah. you know, I certainly take things away from that, and hopefully yeah. those children will, will do it for that. Um, I think it's, it's things that we do when we take when we go out on trips. You know, we are unbelievably lucky to be to be located in London. There are so yes. many extraordinary experiences for our, for our children. And I love the way that the teachers regularly take their kids out on a trip. I mean, um, they took the whole of year two to the Golden Hind this yesterday. Week. Yes. Um, and, you know, that is really hard, taking 96 and 7-year-olds on public yes. transport yes. to go and see the Golden Hind. But that is something, that, an experience that those kids will never forget. They'll hold on to that. The fact that we we have a commitment to take all our children in year four to France for the day. Yes. The fact that we take our kids on on school journey in year six. Um, we are having elections this week so that every child in year five has got the opportunity to stand as a candidate to represent their constituency, which in our case is, is, is a class. And I listened to some of those hosting speeches that they gave to the kids. You know, hmm. there are these things that we do that develop and enrich the experiences of, yeah. of all our children. And unless you're there seeing them all the time, you don't realise that's going on. Exactly. And it's often those things that are going to yeah. bring the learning away to do that. Um, you mentioned... You know, locally, we're living in London. Uh, even if you go more local than that, obviously, we're in an, um, a mat with a secondary school yep. to do that. Do you see any opportunities with, I mean, we do quite a bit with Elm Green anyway, but with other things in our locality too, for instance? Yeah. Community I mean, is something that yeah. schools are told to have more input. And then we think, well, we do because the children come here, they're the community. But 
So this is an interesting, um, very very timely, because I was at Elm Green on Wednesday, and they are doing some partner work with um, the West Norwood High Street community around keeping the high street tidy and, and making it a, a sort of great place to be. Um, and so we, I kind of said, could your kids, could the students who are involved in that come and do a talk, do an assembly yes. for our children? Yeah. And then we talked about, oh, perhaps some of our older children, our year five and six, could go with them on the litter picking um, work that they're doing and, and get involved in that local community, in the co- you know, local community in that way. The fact that our children went and did the big mural at, at Herne Hill at Station. station yeah. um, I think... It's slightly more challenging with primary school children because obviously they're out and about and, and maybe around busy roads. And the and, safeguarding becomes uh, yeah, an yeah, issue. Yeah, becomes more, so. more of an issue. Yeah. Um, but yes, I think there are lots of community things that, that we can do. You know, having our allotment, um, yeah. the, 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 the trust allotment uh, there that, that kind of keeps that, that community. We, we do some work with, you know, with our, our local church. Uh, they have a their food bank and so we're looking at how we can support that that food bank uh, in order to make sure that you know we're, we're supporting the most vulnerable kind of yeah so I mean it, it's, you know, if you actually step back and look at not just the curricular time all of the time there's an awful lot of things going on an awful lot of interactions going on that all add to an individual child's yeah. learning whether it be but it's, it's tricky it's tricky because you're always trying to make that balance between I need to give my kids need to be able to read and write yeah. and be numerate and actually part you know part of me thinks that that that's a human right and that we that our, our children absolutely have the right to have those skills because we know that without those skills they're going to really struggle to, to yeah to, that's right to, I mean to, to kind of move forward yeah have this However, you're balancing that against the fact that there are also lots of other things, other experiences that, that we want to, to give them. Um, I'm probably like you in the sense that I, I enjoy a wide range of different different things. I, you know, uh, there's a lot of music that gets played in my house. Um, I dance every yes. weekend. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of quite a sporty, active person. And... And those things matter to me. They're important to me. And so I want to make sure that the children also have those opportunities. But it's crazy little things like, you know, the thing that you've set up with the the mile. Um, oh, the, yes, okay. The, 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 the running. The laps and that, yeah. Yeah, okay. and that, you know, you'll be, well, I'll walk across the playground in an afternoon and suddenly there are, you know, there are 60 kids doing their, doing their laps and understanding about the benefit of physical exercise and, and, and how it makes you feel and that kind of, success that you yeah. experience um, uh, uh, as a result of it um, so you're constantly I think as, as a head and as a school having that balance and constantly asking you the, yourselves the question of are we doing enough are we doing too much of anything and not enough yes, of anything yeah. else and what is it that we need to do in, in order to get better and I think that that, that you should constantly be doing that with your curriculum. You should be constantly looking at your curriculum and saying, is this good enough? And, and what more can we add? Um, and and yeah, how do we get better? Kate, that seems a very appropriate place to start. Thank you so much for your thoughts Pleasure. on the curriculum. And no doubt we'll hear from you again soon. Thanks ever Thank so much. Thank you for listening. Thanks.